listening to a Bored to Death Mando cast, talking all things Star Wars in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Mando cast. I am Jay, being joined by Chris. And we are back to continue watching Star Wars The Bad Batch. We missed last week due to you were, uh, had a headache when you got home from work. Oh, Saturday. that was last Saturday. And, well, I had, I had a lot of work hours last week. Not days, just a lot of work hours. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think it started affecting me on Saturday. So I wasn't really going to be able to fully commit to the recording or the viewing. So. And, you know... So, yeah, it made sense to just sort of skip last week. So we're going to be doing two episodes this week. Uh, episode 5, Rampage, and then Episode 6, Decommissioned. Uh, looks like the Bad Batch are going to start taking on some mercenary work. I was just thinking that because of the description for Episode 5. Yep, the Batch strike a deal to take on a mission. And then it looks like they're going to run into some smugglers in Episode 6 because it says, On a mission to acquire a valuable asset... The Batch encounters smugglers after the same target. Is that supposed to be an impersonation of the... the, uh, the Clone Wars na- guy? Yeah. Sort of. Um, I know... I used to know the, the name of that guy. He had a stroke. Uh, like, after he recorded the intro to the first episode of uh, of The Bad Batch. That was my phone. Let me just mute that so it doesn't do that again. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, that yeah, that was sort of my attempt at, imperson- at doing that voice. Wasn't wasn't the best because I was half-assing it. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want to get fully committed. Yeah. Um, never go never go full in on something. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, Zeke is still not uh, still not joining us for this one. He's now a few episodes behind, but he may be returning at some point in the future. But for now, he's taking a bit of a break. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, the workload. The workload and everything. Uh, he'll probably be joining us when we start doing Loki for the Marvel cast uh, next week. So um, so do you think he'll be a low-key? <laughs> stop. Just, just <laughs> stop. Um, uh, last episode that we did uh, was when we were uh, sort of introduced to Fennec Shand. Uh, they brought her in because she's been hired by someone. We don't know who specifically, but has been hired to, to find Omega. I'm still saying it's got to be the Imperials because they don't have an issue with hiring bounty hunters. This is true, but the Empire is looking to kill them. She was not looking to kill to kill them. She was just looking for for Omega. I think if she's been hired by anyone, it's the Kaminoans. Possibly them too. Because um, we know they want one of the enhanced clones to basically use as a new marketing pitch to the Empire. <laughs> you too could have this. It's like why why go through the through the expense of you know finding capable conscripts and recruits when you could just have our custom made clones, <laughs> purpose built, <laughs> programmed the way you want them to be. Would you like your own Order sixty six where they wipe out their leaders? Go, we can do that for you. They all clones come with a free failsafe switch. <laughs> <Lapoon> Money machine, <laughs> money back guarantee. 
No. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think the Kaminoans would return money, but that's okay, because the Empire doesn't strike me as the kind of people that actually pay. It's like, we'll take this, 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 and this, and You're going to five of it. those. It's like, okay, and so here's part of the money, and it's like, get started on it. It's like, okay, here's your here's your first batch of clones. Okay, good. Let me take a look at all your all your equipment here. Okay, I think we know what to do here, so we don't need you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Boba Fett, or no, not Boba Fett, but um, Django when he stole Slave One and he destroyed all the other models. So therefore, Slave One is the only model of that I ship. Was not aware of that one. That must be in some old Legends continuity. I believe probably. it is, but the way I see it is that they're reintroducing so much of the Legends continuity into the new Star Wars yeah, universe. But you can't assume that anything from Legends is canon until Disney says it is. All right, it's unfortunately true. But you know, we have. Filoni and Favreau in charge of things now, so it's more likely that stuff's going to become canon sooner or later. But we still can't assume that it is canon until they say so. Yeah, I'm just waiting for them to finally put Star Killer back in. That would be that would be awesome. Heck, what if that's where what the end game is for Bad Batch? They get themselves a force sensitive clone. Well, he was like a clone. Like a proper, proper, like, Jedi's level clone. I mean, he was a clone. He didn't really become a clone until Force Unleashed 2. Yes, I know, but hey. Ah, uh, could happen. Now, the thing that I'm wondering is, when we get to episode 6, is it says smugglers. Who do we know that works as a smuggler? Dash Rendar. Well, that we've <laughs> seen in the new canon. Ugh. <sighs> Han Solo. Well, except he's too young. Yeah, that and plus I think he's still on his home, his home planet on uh, on uh, Corellia. On, yeah, on Corellia. So probably doing all the runnings on that without the obviously without the Millennium Falcon. Um, who else do we know that's a smuggler? Hondo. Oh yeah, I just keep I just see him more as a space pirate than a smuggler, I mean, yeah, but yeah. But come on. If there's going to be a smuggler involved in this, because we know that they prefer to reuse characters as much as possible rather than introduce too many new ones. It's a good idea, especially if the character has never been killed before. So. And we know that he makes it to Rebels. Yeah. Come on. You know you want to see Hondo show up again. I do. I really do. Because he's, he's like our favorite scumbag, you know, low-level, low-level, low-life. And he sees the clones and he wants to know where Obi-Wan Kenobi is. Yeah, basically. It's just sort of like... Or, no, he probably looks at them and like, you're clones, but you look a little bit weird. <laughs> I forget exactly how Hondo sounds, but it's sort of like that. Uh, I think... Uh... I think if I remember correctly, Jim Cummings was doing a non-French version of the Don Carnage uh, voice. God, I watch Don Carnage now. An inexplicably French pirate, you know, to show up at some point. Well, hey, the Empire is all British, so why not? Exactly. Come on. I'm, why have we not had a an Imperial that has an actual German accent? Because they're basically patterned off Nazis. Uh, do you really want to have a German-voiced um, Imperial officer, and he's wearing the knee-high boots? I mean, they're already, they're already ticking all the Nazi bo- boxes as it is. It's like Nostalgia Critic in that uh, when he did his Star Wars The Holiday Special uh, review, uh, and it gets to the parts where the Imperials show up at Chewie's family's house on Kashyyyk, and when he walks over, Doug goes, We hear you are hiding Jewish Evox. 
<laughs> oh god. No wonder people were, people have tried to disown that disown that shit. Uh it's a lot more than you think it is. I bet it is. And yes, I have watched the holiday special because you can find it in its this entirety. Explains so much about your about your so-called sanity. No, no, that was before. Yeah. I already knew what I was in for. I already knew Carrie Fisher had a musical moment at the very end. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, uh I mean, we have to be careful before we just start rambling, at, rambling at you know for no particular reason. So we've got. It's like so we oh yeah that's why right. we have two episodes to watch. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you and I can do a ramble cast anytime we want, but we have an actual purpose for this one. So, Bad yeah. Batch episode five, episode six. We'll see you after the binge. Hey. While we're watching this episode, you should go ahead and toss us a like and subscribe. If you want to reach out, do it via our social media on Facebook or Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Bored to Death Clan is part of the CKCC Radio Podcast Tribe, including Jay Bunny's Music Hub, The Race Nerd Podcast, Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, Motivational Moves, Park Hop 101, and The Nerd Table. Imperial credits may not be worth much, but remember to support CKCC Radio on Patreon. I have spoken. And we're back. So, uh, we saw, we got re, we got it we got to see some sort of new old faces in the in the case of the first in the case of the first episode. One of them not being who I well, okay the two faces that we got weren't who I was expecting. It to be. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, and then uh, in the second in the second episode that we watched, uh, decommissioned, we got to meet another couple faces that we weren't expect that we were, neither of us was expecting. <laughs> but you know, and, and when they showed up, I was I immediately sat forward. I was like, wait, is that? <laughs> but we'll get to that in a bit. First one, rampage. So they come to Ord Mantell just looking for information on the bounty hunter that they ran into previously in the previous episode, and they hook up with a information broker of sorts that uh, that Echo knows about from when he was working alongside the Jedi during the Clone Wars. A uh, person called Sid. Once they finally figure out who Sid is and they basically just like we're just looking for information. And Sid's like alright, well if you do this if you do this job for me, then I can look up this information for you. And, and tells them that there's some slavers nearby that have this that have a, ch that have a kid or a child, I think is, is how she is how Sid put it. There's a child called Moochie. So they're like, all right, well, we'll and she's, and they're like, they don't really want to do this job for her. And she's like, this is how mercenary work functions. It's just like, you do, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. There's also a bounty for getting Moochie back. And I'll split it with you 30, you know, 70 30, my favor. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so you'll get paid for this as, as well as get the information you're looking for. And they're like, Okay, and Omega's now got her got her own little like tack wrist wristband thing, like the clones have. It's basically a communication device. Yeah, and it, they basically state it was crosshairs. He's obviously not using it. So, um, and so they go. They find the the slavers, and they see a bunch, a couple, a few slaves that have already been collared, waiting to get sold or whatever, and they see. A young child there with their parent, uh, and so they they're like, "There's Moochie." Okay, so now we gotta get in there. Except the slaver leader has this like pet dragon, 
and they get caught. It's like a giant flying lizard, essentially. Sort of like a lizard with a with like flying squirrel, you know, wings kind of thing. I don't know the way that its body was formed. Kind of remind me of the lizard from uh, Rescuers Down Under. The uh, the guy who had the pet lizard, but Joanna. <laughs> yeah, but if it had, but if it had the ability to glide. Yeah, I got. Yeah, now that you mentioned, you say that, I see, I get some of the same vibes there. Um, but the batch gets captured. Now, Omega got sent back to the ship because this is, you know, a job for soldiers kind of thing. And you're still just a kid. You don't even have a weapon. Um, And so, but she figures out real quick that they've been captured. She manages to avoid the scouts that find the ship. She catches up to where the slavers were, sees that her friends have been caught. So she goes to, you know, stealth mission mode, (laughs) creeping around to try to get to their gear. Uh, and then she, as she sort of maneuvers her way around, she comes across this big, like, animal-like cage. And there's something in there. And I, as soon as I saw, like, the kid with the, that in the slave collar, I was like, I don't think that's Moochie. Moochie's probably somebody else. But I just like how Riker was talking to her. I was like, don't worry, we're the crack cavalry. Yeah. And then, but when, uh... Omega landed on the cage and you know looked in and saw that there was something in there. I, I immediately turned to, turned to you. I was like, "That's Moochie," <laughs> and she sets she opens up the cage and inside. Well, and we should note we cut back briefly to Sid who was talking with Bib Fortuna on the uh, okay on Hollow. Okay, just put in perspective. You don't fully see Bib Fortuna's face. But you can hear him talking. And well, they're speaking, like, and he's speaking Hutties, like yeah. Uh, but you kind of like somewhat see like the tentacle that's on the back of his head, that one that wraps around his neck. Yeah. Um. So that's when I was like, that's the dude who's hang, who always hangs out in Jabba's palace. He's Jabba's major domo, his uh, second in command. So I think that's when like we started putting two and two together as to who Moochie really was. Well, as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, the kid is definitely not Moochie, so who is Moochie? And then when she lands on the on the cage, I was like, that's Moochie. And then you were like, baby Rancor? <laughs> and yeah, it was an ad- well, adolescent Rancor, but... <laughs> I don't want to know what a baby Rancor actually looks like. Cause, like it's it- not as cute as a baby Yoda. <laughs> uh, and I've been I mean, make- not, that, not that Moochie was necessarily... Disgusting looking, like he ends up being in uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, we'll yeah. get to that. We'll get to that in a bit. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you looked, but then when they, uh, you know, at that point, Wrecker sort of managed with the guards all distracted with the rampaging Rancor. Uh, Wrecker just sort of rips his, uh, rips the collar, the collar off, rips the chains loose, sets everybody free, and one of the other slaves kind of reminded me of the Fat Keeper. From Return of the Jedi, well, you who starts crying over. Well, starts you're the one who you were the one who was like, "That's the keeper." Yeah, <laughs> that's the reason why he was crying. Yeah. <laughs> Except at the end of the episode, we we saw him leave with the with the alien dude and his kid. So, but who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Jabba, you know, they you know, or Bib Fortuna saw them was like, "You want a job?" <laughs> <laughs> that might be it, or it's probably because like he couldn't really go with them to deliver. Moochie, yeah. so he probably just went. I'll I'll, I'll catch up later. <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 meet up with you at Jabba's palace. But regardless, uh, so they managed to take down the slavers. 
to get the Rancor under control, Tech basically tells Wrecker they have a social hierarchy. You need to challenge the Alpha. And Wrecker's like, okay, puts his gun away, cracks his neck. It's like, okay, I've got this. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. And then when uh, the rest of them catch up, catch up later, yeah, like the two have still been fighting, but you know, they're both like tired, just sort of swinging like drunkenly, <laughs> not it's even like, hitting each other. How, like, how, how long have they been going for? <laughs> Too long. <laughs> and then they, and basically, then Moochie sort of falls over. Record collapses on top of him, and Hunter's like, "Good job, Record." Record's like, "Yeah, <laughs> thumbs up." <laughs> um, and then, uh, and we should note, uh, Omega finally gets herself a weapon. <laughs> you know, Chief picks up this like little energy bow uh, that one of the guards had and uh, sort of takes it with her and I'm like hey she's found her weapon of course takes her like an episode la- a full episode later to finally learn how to use it properly but um, so then they deliver the deliver Moochie to Bib Fortuna the, uh, the batch gets paid and they get told that f- who Fennec Shand is she's like a rising star in the bounty hunter guild uh, so she, she, she's like new on the scene, but she's been making, all, but she's been turning a lot of heads. <laughs> I wonder if that's the reason why Boba essentially revived her after she was essentially killed in Mandalorian. Maybe, you know, um, or it's possible that the two of them, you know, have met, had met prior to that moment in Mandalorian, and maybe that's why she was hanging out on on Tatooine because she was waiting for him to. Uh, to hook to or she because she was there maybe to try to pick him up because I gather she so, she probably had a ship somewhere possibly um, but at, but at any rate you know uh, so they get told who Fennec Shand is you know they get paid and Sid's just sort of like hey there's going to be more you know there's always the possibility of more work and Hunter's like I'll think about it but you know Bib Fortuna is very happy to see Moochie Moochie seems to recognize him and is like. <laughs> And, but then it was like after that we're just sort of like we were both like we're gonna feel sorry we're gonna start crying with the keeper now at the yeah end of, yeah at the end that's where I was the Jedi that, yeah that's where I was like great now we're gonna actually be crying with the keeper we're gonna, we're gonna have guilt now it's like no Moochie no damn it Luke <laughs> the Jedi are the real monsters <laughs> then again you know we don't know exactly how Jabba necessarily treated. Treated I mean, Muji was kind of kept underneath his freaking palace in that one room for mm-hmm. so long that it's like, oh, all right, I don't like you. And then he would. Well, then know, again, Jabba was kind of pissed off to see that uh, Muji got killed. <laughs> yeah. And it depends on whether you consider the. I old mean, Muji was a good way to destroy evidence. True. Um, it never happened if they can't find the body. Um, and I don't think. But. They- if depending on what on how much of J- Tales from Jabba's palace is still canon, uh, the, there was a story about the Keeper in the that uh, short story collection, Tales from Jabba's Palace. He was on the verge of uh, smuggling Muchi or the Rancor rather out of the palace so that it could be so he could be set free some, somewhere. And it was like literally like the next day was when the escape plan was supposed to happen. I, I remember reading about that. And, and that's, that's the reason why he was crying. That's why one reason he was crying so much. It was just like, he was one day away from retirement. <laughs> um, but, so, that was the first episode. The second episode, Decommissioned, uh, we got to see uh, Omega tr- you know, practicing with the energy bow in Sid's bar. And... 
she's struggling with it. You know, she's got the usual sort of like archer's struggle, you know, to try to like get it to full draw sort of thing, which is something that just takes time, especially if you're going for the full draw. But you don't necessarily have to, and I think she finally figures that out by the end of the episode. But it's like, I don't really need to do the full draw if they're... But Echo is like trying to teach her. It's just like, you need to learn to tune out distractions, and that comes with practice. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but I got the bullet, I, got, I hit the target three times, yeah, out of twelve. That's luck, <laughs> not skill. <laughs> um, but Sid comes to them again, it's just like, got this job, uh, somebody wants a tactical droid head, uh, there's one on Corellia in the decommissioning center. If you bring it back, you know, you'll get paid handsomely for it. And the batch is, you know, still sort of needs money, so they're like, okay. They they go to Corellia. By hitching a ride on, like, a freighter, just like the Millennium Falcon did, did in uh, Empire Strikes Back, by hitching that, that ride on the back of a Star Destroyer. It seems to be a popular method. Well, I mean... It's a smuggler's sort of thing, or if you're trying to hide out from, say, Imperial sweeps. But, uh, so, they, so they get there, they touch down, they find the decommissioning plant, which is being patrolled by police droids. And, well, we knew from the, uh, from the episode description that they were going to run into some other people also after the, uh, the target. And when, we, when they show up, it's the sisters from the last season of Clone Wars, from Ahsoka's uh, story, story arc. And it's just like, when the first one showed up and lifted, her, lifted the helmet she used to disguise herself to get into the facility, I, I immediately sat up, I was like, wait, is that? Because I recognized her, you know, and then the other one li- lifted her helmet, and it was the other sister, I was like, yeah, that's her! That's like, Trace like, and yeah, Rafa! That, yeah, that's them. Um, and, you know, so there's a bit of a fight over who gets the tactical droid head, and then uh, uh, the security Ome- droids. Well, the Omega's energy bow gets knocked out of her hand by Rapa, and it goes off and blasts a hole in the side of uh, a furnace or something. I think it was the smelter. Like, I think it was more like something that was used to keep things cool, so that way it's like not too hot in there. Maybe, uh, but whatever the case, it alerted the workers, who immediately tri- you know called security and locked down the building. And so then it becomes just sort of like trying to shoot, you know, hold their ground against increasing waves of police droids while they try to reboot the system to end the lockdown. And poor uh, Wrecker is dealing with uh, his his fear of heights because <laughs> first getting in, they have to climb up a long ladder to get to an en- an entry point, and then later he has to. Uh, they're on catwalks above like the furnaces and the smelters and and everything. And so he's just like, and then he has to jump across a gap to get to the master control panel. Um, and when he finally, you know, does make the jump, he knocks his head against the <laughs> against the console. Do you want me to use the joke that I used? Go ahead. I said, any more, any more knocks to the head, he's going to end up being like Chris Benoit. And my response was immediately like, God damn it, no. It's just, that is just, no, no. That's not funny. Because what happened with Chris Benoit was not funny. It was a tragedy. Very, very much so. Um, but he manages to flip the switch before he basically 
you know, falls unconscious from the concussion that he just suffered. I literally just want to see them look at his medical records and just be like, dude, you've had a lot of concussions, man. How point, are you yeah. still functioning? At yes. this point, you've got more scar tissue in your head than, than actual brain matter. <laughs> oh, look, there's the chip. <laughs> right. And meanwhile, the chip is sitting there going, let me out! <laughs> well, and we should comment on that. While he's struggling to wake up, you know, we, we yeah, as he's like trying to get up, we hear him start going, good soldiers. <laughs> and as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh no, that's, that's not good. Um, but they finally managed to break out of there, but to do it, they basically hack into the tactical droid's head, because it's already been uh, dismantled, and use it uh, to basically wake up the other separatist droids that are in the facility to and program them to attack the security bots. And Because as they all basically get released and start standing up from like the conveyor belts and everything, they're all like banked and slightly burned and missing components. I was like, it's zombie droids. <laughs> One of them was like, did we win? <laughs> yeah, well that's like the like the, like the the little clankers <laughs> as opposed to the super battle droids that are the really, ones that don't talk. The ones that are just sort of like <laughs> uh, but, you know, so we got funny battle droid moments out of all this before uh, they managed to escape the facility The but the in the process the droid head gets blasted and they all escape on the sister's ship and they're pissed off bec- at, uh, the, at the clones A, because clones and hence uh, they assume empire and they're like You're, you went for this without knowing who it was going to and they're like, they were just like we were paid to do a job to, to find and deliver we're not asked questions and the sisters reveal that it was the essentially the rebellion that was looking to get get this information because, well, there are people that are trying to fight the empire who need this, <laughs> who need that intel. Um, and when they when they part ways, the the sisters are st- are pretty much on good terms with Omega uh, out of all this. But uh, it helps that Hunter then hands like the data rod that they use to hack the droid head. He hands it over to the sisters. It was like tech copied all the intel. Off that, off the, off the droid when it was plugged in. Yeah, you guys are using it for the right for the right reasons. <laughs> uh, she makes a point of saying it's like you're just like everyone. Everyone's got to got to pick a side, you know. Which made me start thinking a little bit about it, um, about that, about where things could go could go from here. Oh, and we also got to see Omega actually shooting things pretty well with her energy bow because. She's a quick study. <laughs> Very quick study. I uh, mean, if she was able to shoot Crosshair's uh, rifle out of his hands, then I'm pretty sure she could handle a bow. Then again, that could have been a lucky shot. Could have been. I mean, it's like what you said. It's not like she was going to be like doing what River Song did. Yeah. Shooting like three guys dead without looking. <laughs> she literally like glanced through the room, turned her head, and was like, scary, bang, 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 and... Three dead shots without looking. No power in the verse can stop me. <laughs> yep, but Except the whole thing about uh, we, you know, about everyone chooses a side. Hunter seemed to think about that for for a bit, and well, it's, we know that they're gonna try to try to free Crosshair. That's that's gonna be what they're gonna try to do. 
probably once they once they successfully find a way to deprogram Wrecker, because you know that his chip is going to keep is going to keep fucking with his head. Uh, after we saw him, you know, starting to do the good soldiers follow orders. Line. You would think that tech would find some would be like, hold on, let me look at your head real quick. You've been having headaches for a while now. And I imagine that they're prop that that's going to get noticed soon. And we know that tech is also working on a device that will allow him to basically access the chips or you know, like scan scan for them or whatever. Uh, so that's going to happen. I suspect they're going to go for crosshair, but I'm also think that that line, you know, everyone. Has to pick, has to choose a side, and I'm wondering if he's then going to be like, Crosshair did choose a side, because the choice essentially was made for him when they basically, you know, electroshock therapy him into being a brainwashed uh, soldier of the Empire. That could be it, um, and I'm then wondering if they're going to try to then find a way to maybe try to free the other clones from the programming. If they can find a way to sort of switch off Order sixty six from the source, because we know that the cl- not all the clones make it to uh, uh, the time of the original trilogy. Only there's only like three clones that survive to that that we've seen. Yeah, but um, where are all the rest? There were millions of them. Why wouldn't? We, why hadn't we run into any more? Unless they all got liquidated for some reason. Possibly, or I'm sure that maybe there's... Obviously a reason why the Empire switched over to Stormtroopers. Cheaper. That's yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, cheaper. Obviously not as not as efficient. But something probably happens to the clones. Like there's probably like a major battle or something. Or but, maybe there's something in the DNA that, you know, that causes them to... Uh, degrade maybe to degrade at some point like the, of, like the later batches you know because they're using more degraded uh, uh, Django DNA are you know viable for le- for less time than the earliest batches you know we don't know you know but I suspect by the end of by the end of the bad batch if it's a one-off season then maybe we'll get we'll get an answer for that if it's something that ends up becoming a multi-season thing, then they may hold off on that and spin it out a little bit longer until they find finally give us an answer as to why all the clones went away. Because yeah. I really got the impression that the only reason um, Rex, Wolf, and Gregor uh, survived is because they literally just went under... They went to ground and stayed under the Empire's radar. That was a really smart idea that they did. <clears throat> um, but it's also a case of like, you know, who knows? Some of the clones may have, you know, because it's a big universe, it's a big galaxy. They could have just been scattered. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you, you know, some may have taken up a. a uh, it's a big galaxy, but yet we keep going back to the same planets over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> we were commenting on that with uh, with uh, when Java turned up. It's like they're gonna go to Tatooine. I'm like. Because everybody ends up going to Tatooine. It's like the nexus point of all realities. <laughs> Pretty much. It's been in every trilogy now. It's been we've went there in Clone Wars. Pretty sure we I'm pretty sure they went there at some point during Clone Wars. Uh I know they the uh the Clone Wars movie, they had to go rescue Jabba's son. Right. And so there you go. 
because they had to deliver it back. Yeah, back there. Um, um, obviously, episode one, episode two. Um, I don't remember. No, episode three. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when they were dropping Luke off. But you know, I'm, we've already covered the trilogies because we know they they go back. They've been to Tatooine all three of the trilogies. Yeah. At the very end, granted of uh, of uh, episode nine, but still went there. Uh, and then you know, so they visited it in Clone Wars in Rebels. You know that great episode with the samurai showdown between Maul and Obi Wan. Because you showed your dad that episode. And yeah, like, I, I tell, yeah, I, I, it's the only episode of Rebels that he's ever seen, and I showed him the whole episode. I didn't explain anything to him. I was just like, just sit down and watch. We've been to Tatooine in the Mandalorian several times, like two or three times now, right? Mm, um, well, it was in the first season uh, with where we first met Fennec Shand, uh, and we saw Spurs as we call them at, at the time. And then we saw, and then yeah, they went back there in the first episode of the second season because uh, they heard because he'd heard that there was a that there was a there was a Mandalorian on Tatooine, and that turned out to be um, well, it was just a guy wearing Boba Fett's armor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, nobody knew that Mo, that Boba was still alive <laughs> on the planet, um, but and, th- and then they didn't. And then we at the in the stinger at the end of at the end of the season when uh, Boba rocks up in the Jabba's palace, sees Fat Bib Fortuna sitting on Jabba's throne, shoots him, and it's just sort of like get out, get off, and sits down and just like this is mine now. <laughs> if I keep, fits, if I fits, I sits. <laughs> you keep, keep what, what you kill. <laughs> um, that strikes me as a very old school Mandalorian mindset too. Well, we know that already because. Uh, Bo-Katan couldn't uh, just accept the dark saber from uh, Mando when he when he didn't want it. God damn it! I don't want it anymore. Just take it. <laughs> and she was just sort of staring at him like, "I have to fight you for the for it." And then, and then like, I mentioned that after she got knocked out, he just like quietly went over, put the dark saber right next to her, and, and goes, you know she's not going to accept that. <laughs> I mean, it's not like she's just going to leave it there. She's going to find his ass, throw it to him, and say, "No, I cannot wait." I can't wait for season three of Mandalorian because I want to see where they're going to go with that with that whole thing because you know that uh, Mando is going to is going to now struggle with the tr- the truth as he now understands it that not all Mandalorians live the way that he did in the Children of the Watch and uh, you know and the way that uh, the Night Owls and uh, and the Mandalorians like Bo-Katan live. He's going to try to try to find some sort of middle ground, I suspect. And I'm now wondering if we're going to get like a, you know, well, we know the armor has to show up again at some point. Oh, she has to. And I'm wondering if we're going to get like a fight between her and Bo-Katan. And I really want to see that. Hand to hand only, obviously. I suspect so, you know, and just Bo-Katan trying to rocket around. You know, we we haven't seen the armor wear, wear a rocket pack, but you know she probably has one. Unless she gave uh, Mando her only remaining rocket pack, <laughs> rocket pack, but then again, she's the armor. She can just make another one, <laughs> possibly. But I want to. I want to see that fight now. Bo-Katan versus the armor. <laughs> Bo-Katan flying around, trying to shoot, trying to shoot her with the uh, 
with the blasters, maybe even with the dark saber and the armorer just with her hammer and tongs and just bang, bang, pow, and just beating her, <laughs> beating her down with it. I've been at this longer than you have, child. <laughs> well, no, I suspect they're probably about the same age, but the but the armorer is just sort of like you, you know. It's just sort of like I don't need to fly, or I don't need to fly to kick your ass, <laughs> and I don't need a gun to do it either. <laughs> well, she did knock out those stormtroopers. Well, Beat the shit I, out of those. I just thought of like a line that I kind of want to see out of that. It's just sort of like uh, Bo-Katan saying, you know, trying like t- talking smack to me. Like, is this the point where you where you try to tell me this is this is the way? And the armor just pulling out her hammer, her hammer, and talking to me like, no, this is just the point where I beat you to death. Bam! And just starts going going off on her. But I can't wait for season three of Mando. But what do you what do you think is going to happen in the in the next episode? A bad batch. Yeah, because obviously we had that another mystery character. Yes, because uh, at the end of the episode, after the batch leaves, the sisters call up their contact in the rebellion. It's just like we got the got the into infos from a, we got some help from a rogue batch of clones, and I know where to find them. And we don't see who they were talking to. It was just some figure in white. You you said. Yeah, so I was like, it's either, it could either be, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, because we don't really know what happened to Obi-Wan between episodes three and four. That's going to come from the Obi-Wan series. <laughs> Whenever that happens. The Kenobi. Kenobi is um, what it's called, that's right. And, uh, or you thought that it was Mon Mothma. Well, because you basically, what it was, what musical cue did you say that you heard out it, of that? It was like, a, it sounded like a snippet of one of the, like, the moody music cues from the last few episodes of Clone Wars. Um, po- you know, so at that point, I was like, it's possible it could be Ahsoka, but you know, while they the sisters kind of viewed Ahsoka as like one of the good ones, we don't know uh, exactly what's going on with Ahsoka. Probably will come from her her series whenever that happens. You know, they're going to do one. Yeah, it'd be kind of interesting to see what happened to Ahsoka between like, between uh, and the Clone Wars and uh, Rebels. Yeah. yeah. How she became fulcrum, kind of thing. Um, but I suspected it could be Mon Mothma because you said the person was wearing white, and the only there are only two people that we know of in the rebellion that wear white. One of them is Mon Mothma, and the other is Leia. But she is still just a kid, still just a baby. Yeah, uh, she because is, I know so because we know that's not Leia. Well, because I I know that technically chronologically. The next time you see her is in Rebels. Yes, but Rebels is like fifteen, 15 years, years later. Is <laughs> like fifteen years after this, um, thereabouts. You know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. It's like a couple decades into the Empire, roughly. Um, but yeah, it's just so we know it can't be her. It could be either. It could be Obi Wan or it could be Mon Mothma. I suspect it's probably Mon Mothma. If it, if it's anybody, she'd probably she'd be a lot younger at, at the in the, at this point. But oh yeah, she's the only other person that I know of that is associated with the rebellion. Kenobi was mostly just lying low and keeping an eye on Luke. Well, he was referenced, yeah, he was referenced in um, Rogue One by Leia's dad. Well, it's just like uh, where he say where he say he says we have a. Uh, Ally, who's a former Jedi, right? Um, and, and it's like I can, I can, I have a contact that can get this information to him. 
And so, and it's like, who is this contact? It's like, I would trust her with my life, <laughs> kind of thing. Well, yes, but, um, but yeah. So that's how the information goes from uh, gets from the rebellion from Bail Organa. I, I was trying to remember his name for for a second. I was like, Bail Organa. Get yeah, from him to to uh, Kenobi. Basically, makes the plan for it, and well. We saw that they very nearly didn't get the information to Leia at the end of Rogue One, but at any rate. Uh, but Obi-Wan, at this point, I don't know. Well, we maybe this is supposed to be like teaser tie-in for the Kenobi series, or possibly it's just Mon Mothma. I'm going for Mon Mothma. I'm not putting my hopes on Obi-Wan Kenobi making the It would be, be cool if they brought him in, but at the same time, it's like... Like I was sort of commenting, I forget if it was on on this or while we were just watching, but they tend to reuse a lot of a lot of characters because Star Wars already has planetfuls of characters as it is. Making more is it feels like they don't want to make too many new characters uh, for each new series that comes along. They'd rather you know reintroduce characters that we already know. Especially, especially since this is already so close to the ending of Clone Wars, right? So it it's only right to bring in characters from the last two seasons mm-hmm. of that show, yeah, and reference stuff in earlier in earlier seasons. You reference, not necessarily. It's like like I remember in uh, uh, Force Unleashed because the beginning of Force Unleashed takes place on Kashyyyk, Kashyyyk, and it's supposed to be like. Um, Right at the start of the Empire's run, uh, ruling the galaxy, well, and um, they're sort of stamping out the last major centers of resistance. Yeah, and in this case, they find out oh, there's a Jedi on Kashyyyk, it's hiding there, so go wipe him out. Blah blah blah. Yeah, well, there's you're a, playing there, as Vader, just carving your way through literally everything, and you unlock an achievement for killing stormtroopers too. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, uh, I remember that there was a part in the game. Uh, where you come across like a pile of Clone Wars era, like the clone helmets that they were wearing, mm-hmm. and you hear, um, I think it's your ship's pilot say, "Oh yeah, this you're, is you're it." The, like the droid, or no, 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 it was the girl, the girl. Yeah. Uh, where she's like, "Oh yeah, this is this is where a major battle happened during the Clone Wars." Um, now I don't remember. It's been a while since I've yeah. played the game, but uh, they did. But they didn't really go into a whole lot of detail in terms of what that battle was. But you know, then again, there were battles fought all over the galaxy. They don't necessarily. It doesn't necessarily have to be ex- be one we've already heard of. You know, sort of like they're like Jakku when when uh, in for the sequel trilogy when we saw like. Yeah, that like the a desert planet. Everybody assumed we're going back to Tatooine. It turns out no, it's just another desert planet. There are plenty of those, uh, but that there was a major battle fought here at the end of the galactic at the end of the galactic civil war, uh, which you do get to play in in um, Battlefront Two, right? Um, but even so, it's just sort of like that was something completely new when that was thrown in there in. Uh, in the sequel trilogy, and I liked that they tried not to just go to the same planets over and over, the same planets we've already been to. And uh, so, what you don't want to go and see what happened to the rebel base on Hoth? I'm, I'm, we've been to Hoth so many times in literally every single Star Wars game for like 20, 
20 years, everything went back to the Battle of Hoth. I'm done with Hoth. I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's like, Tatooine, I understand it's a very significant planet in, in the Star Wars franchise. I understand we're always going to go back to Tatooine. Uh, but I don't need to see Hoth all the time. Uh, you know, I like the you know when they do introduce new planets, but I understand also at the same time why they sort of keep going back to the, to the ones we've we've seen before, like Coruscant. There's so much going on at Coruscant because it's like literally a planet-sized city that you could set an entire an entire video game there, like thirteen thirteen, like thirteen thirteen was going to be, um, and be and have plenty of stuff to do without having to go to another planet. Well, like, I mean... It's like GTA Coruscant. <laughs> well, <if laughs> I gonna, want that, and I want that game if now. If we're going to have a GTA-style game, it needs to be set on um, Corellia. Corellia would be, a good, would be a good one, too. Or maybe Narhaka. Which one was that? That's the Hut's home planet. Oh. I mean, it's a planet controlled by a, by a bunch of gangsters. Come on. There's pl- there, you would have plenty to do there. Or you take your orders from there. That's also possible. Um, heck, I should... You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it, and I'll put a link to it in the description below. I wrote a thing for my writing blog where I was like, Star Wars Bounty Hunter pitched an idea. where it's, I didn't specify any planets exactly, but it's like, yeah, you could go to the ver- to various different planets to fulfill contracts and stuff. And uh, I sort of pictured it like uh, something of a uh, Fallout New Vegas kind of thing where it's just sort of like, you can try to balance your reputation among various groups, you know, the Imperial Remnants, the New Republic, because it was supposed, because I was setting it like post-Civil War, you know, kind of, not not around, the, sort of the same time Mandalorian is taking place, but not going anywhere, you know, not necessarily intersecting with uh, any, any of the events of Mandalorian, because you kind of want to try to keep some things separate, but it's like, you could... Do this. Do these sorts of jobs. You can buy surplus supplies or armor or whatever from from like the imperial stores or the republic stores or whatever. Or you do these jobs for the bounty hunters guild. Hey, we've got got new gear that you could buy here. It's like I said. I sort of wrote out a, wrote out generally how the concept would would sort of go, um, and I'll put a link to it in the in the description because I like sort of tooting my own horn about shit. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, so, well, heck, when we did our ramble cast about Assassin's Creed, I was just sort of bringing up a lot of the same ideas that I put in a writing blog that I might, that I did <laughs> about. Um, yeah, um, it was a good couple of episodes. It's interesting to see them sort of bringing bringing in characters that some of us were, that ne- that we, neither of us was really expecting. But um, it's a and it's just well, it's because it's Dave Filoni, and he and he knows what. Star Wars fans want to see. We want to see the characters we've seen before. We it takes want to a, see stuff tied tie together. It takes Easter a, eggs and shit. It takes a fan to know what a fan wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, yeah, it's just like have Dave Filoni handle all the animated stuff and leave John Favreau to handle all the live action stuff. The two of them know what they're doing, and thank God they're the ones in charge. <laughs> yeah, and. I'm not gonna say I am kind of nervous for the uh, the Rogue Squadron uh, series that they're mm-hmm. doing. Wait, yeah. is it a series or a movie? I don't remember. But regardless, that thing, yeah, it's a little hinky. It's a little, something a little nervous because Rogue Squadron is a significant part of the Legends continuity. 
Well, it's not so much as that. It's more like who they have directing it. Because, um, granted, uh, I know that... Uh, uh, shoot, I can't remember her name. It's the woman who directed uh, Wonder Woman. Okay. Um, because, like, the first Wonder Woman movie was great. Mm-hmm. Third act, not so much. But the movie was great. Yes. Uh, 84... Uh, it, it's a, it, I'll say it's it's like what I said about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I said it's it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad sequel. It's just nowhere near as good as the first because the first set such a high bar. But that's it's, how a lot of sequels go. The, the 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 second movie is always a letdown because you usually have such high, have a high bar set by the previous one. Usually, it's the third movie the that thir- ends up Return of the Jedi. It's not as good as Empire. Yeah, Let's face but, it. Well, Empire was like the was like one of the few exceptions to the sequel rule. Yeah, it was one that was better than the than the than the first one. As a kid, I didn't think so, but as I got older, I recognized just how good it was, and came and came to be like, yeah, that was that was good. And Return of the Jedi went from like my number two down to number three of the original trilogy. Um, but uh, but anyways, yeah, like I remember like. You know, when Wonder Woman 84 was announced and they were talking, you know, it was like, oh, Cheetah's going to be in it. Uh, Max Lord is going to be in it, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the characters, not the actors. Um, and uh, they brought Chris Pine back. I was like, okay. I'm know, wondering how the hell do you do that because he, I, he, he kind of blew up, but okay. You know, and, and then they gave an explanation as to why he's back in. At least they explained it. Yeah. Um, but the movie, like I said, not near, not anywhere near as good as the first one. It's I, I say it's still watchable. It's just you know, if you're a fan of the first one, you're just you might be disappointed by '84. But anyways, so it was just like it's like okay, so you started off strong, and then it's like then it kind of just like. Yeah. Went down a little, went down a bit. So now I'm wondering, like, because like she says that the reason why she wants to do Rogue Squad is because her dad was an Air Force pilot, and she said that she wanted to do this as a way to it's honor like Top Gun, but in space. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Me too. Who wants to be my wingman, Luke? <laughs> wedge. It'd probably be Wedge. It'd be Wedge saying that. Yeah. Um, okay, that that that's fair. Um. So I'm Don't honestly we want more wedge. So <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly hoping that she has Filoni and Favreau helping her with this, so yeah. that way it comes out. I imagine that they probably are. They're, they'll probably be like, "You're the one in charge, but we are here if you need us, because <laughs> you know we want this to be good." And yeah, but yeah, it we'll see. But there's so much Star Wars coming, uh, and it's like later this year we've got. Book of Boba Fett, and then I think season three, or did they push season three back? I haven't heard anything about season three other than it's going to time skip. And that that's fair. I hope not too far. <laughs> well, it's supposed to time skip to show like it, like the next time we see Mando with uh, baby or uh, with uh, Grogu. Uh, Grogu is supposed to be much older at this point. Mm. Um, so, so that way, I'm wondering how that. So that way, we're work, not gonna. So that way, we're not gonna have a whole season without the character. Because everybody loves Baby Yoda. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd be fine with it if they don't have Grogu in season three. You know, because is it the Baby Yoda show, or is it the, the Mandalorian? Mandalorian. Because <laughs> um, they kind of need to prove that the show can can. Work without the without the cute thing. 
Um, like if they if they did like an episode, like maybe the first half of the season before they bring Grogu in. But yeah, the thing, and here's the thing: how much of a time skip is it going to have to be for Grogu to be much older? Because he's a Yoda, he's a Yodeling, and they age slowly, very very. Slowly. He's a baby, and he's fifty years old. Yoda was nine hundred years old when we when we met him in. Uh, Empire. In, in Empire and Return of the Jedi, and he was nearing the end of his life. That's that you know, for him to be at old, to be older and more capable of functioning on his own. That you're talking like several decades. Well, it, well, it's also supposed by to that sp- point, Mando's going to be an old Mando. <laughs> well, it's also supposed going to have a big gray gray beard coming out from underneath that <laughs> underneath that helmet. <laughs> oh, this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Uh, but uh, I want to see an elderly Mandalorian. Now. I, I think I think I think what I had read was that it's supposed to take place like three years after. Uh, okay, se- after season two, I think. That's that's enough of a skip that it's not too that it's not too bad, and you can get further into the New Republic's time period and have the remnants, you know, building towards. Because I I had heard that one of the actors that they were looking into getting for season three for uh, Mandalorian is um, somebody to play a younger Ben Solo. Okay, because you know to show that he and Grogu were among Luke's students. That's bringing up the whole uncomfortable subject that everybody's just sort of like, wait. So does that mean that Baby Yoda, that that uh, Kylo Ren killed Baby Yoda? <laughs> I highly doubt that. Yeah, happen. I suspect that Grogu is going to is going to be off planet when that happens. But at the same time, it's just sort of like, ooh, it's like us with with Moochie now. <laughs> just sort of like, ooh, no. <laughs> We're never gonna watch Return of the Jedi the same way ever no. again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a good couple of episodes. I have no idea necessarily where they're going to go with the next episode because, well, it seems like it seems like they keep teasing us with stuff. But it's like I think they're just sort of setting the chess pieces in place for the last couple of episodes when you know we we hit checkmate and everything starts starts slotting into place, kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean. I I'm I, I, honestly, I, just, I think we'll probably see Admiral Rampart show up again soon because you know we saw like his hollow you know being like you know register for for a chain code today you know thing on in the previous ep- in episode four of Bad Batch um, you know but after Crosshair's war crime we haven't seen much of what's going on on the Imperial side yet. <laughs> Probably, the Imperials are probably just like, all right, we need to sit you to the side for a little it's just bit. Sort of, it's sort of like we like, we appreciate your moxie. You're going to go places with this with this mentality, but maybe don't teach teach the recruits to do this sort of thing straight away. You got to ease them into it. You're letting you're you're teaching them all the wrong things to do. It's According like, to their report, they try to do this. It's like, and well, here's the thing: if Tarkin were to read that report, he'd probably be like, "Well done." Promote that man, <laughs> but at the but Rampart, I suspect, is not quite that dark. He's still not a necessarily a good guy. He's the one who came up with chain codes, you know, and everything, which has a whole lot of uncomfortable implications when you stop and stop and think about it, because it's the chain codes that allow the bounty hunter 
uh, bounty pucks to track you <laughs> by the time of Mandalorian. It's just, it's just sort of like, yes, we can exchange all of your worthless Republic credits for shiny new functional Imperial credits. All you need to do is give us a sample of your DNA. And then I hand him my underwear and leave. <laughs> <laughs> As Rodney Dangerfield said. It's just like, you want some of my DNA? <laughs> there you go. No, it's like Rodney Dangerfield said. He said, yeah, my doctor asked me for a urine sample. Blood, uh, urine sample, stool sample, and a sperm sample. I handed my underwear and went home. Um, but yeah, um, so I, I think we're probably going to get a little. We're going to see some more of what the Empire is up to. Because then we've gone three episodes without any of the Empire. Yeah, apart, like I said, from just seeing the hollow, you know, recording of Rampart in uh, episode four, and then nothing. So yeah, we've got to we we're due seeing what Crosshair is up to, seeing if he's regretting his choices. I mean, it kind of looked like he was like in some regret because of him looking around at all the bunks where the rest of the Bad Batch would. It's up. like all of the little personalizations they put on their bunks are there, but all of their gear is gone. There's the hash marks that they it's, that, it's, that record carved in the wall. It's like walking into your childhood home that somebody else has already moved into, and you see like the marks of like you know like your dad marking like how tall you have been. Basically, growing. it's still on the wall. Mm, yeah, it's like when or put it another way, it's like when you move out of your house and like uh, all of your stuff is gone. The furniture's still there because the because the movers haven't gotten that yet. But it's like all your bedding is is gone. Like all of your bookshelves are empty. And everything, and you're just sort of standing there in what is essentially like a mostly empty room, and you're just sort of like. I was thinking the last episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where Will was just standing there looking around at everything, and then he leaves. Or it's or uh, I made the reference to Toy Story three briefly while we were watching <laughs> with uh, with with uh, Omega trapped on the conveyor belt that she's moving towards the towards the furnace. Uh, um, it's just. To, but going back to like Toy Story three at the end at the end after Andy's packed up all of his stuff, you know and his mom is just looking around his his empty bedroom and you see her get a little bit choked up because it's like my boy is moving out. <laughs> yeah, I wish my dad got choked up when I was leaving. He's just like about goddamn time he moved out. <laughs> yeah, he's you know Marines, ex Marine, right? Well, former. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's no such thing as an ex Marine. <laughs> <laughs> You're. Unless you're unless you're uh, kicked out, well, you screwed up. Oh uh, yeah, but um, yeah, Marines are not exactly known for their sentimentality. <laughs> and honestly, if you're if you had said that your dad was a sentimental type, I'd have been like, "Who are you? And what have you done with Chris?" Because <laughs> I would have seen through that lie right away. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> and then you call him on, it, and then he does, and then he does the Donald Sutherland at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, <laughs> you know, pointing a finger. <laughs> Um, but we're rambling now. We should probably wrap this up. <laughs> um, it was a good couple of episodes. Uh, we'll be back to hopefully by ne- next week. We'll be back to doing it once once a week. Well, I'm off next Friday. Next Friday was even better, so it's not going to. So I guess we're doing Loki on Wednesday and Bad Bass on Friday. Yep, and then maybe something on Saturday. I guess Saturday or Sunday. Well, Sundays is still when I try to record stuff for the Hero Cast with Sam. Um, more of those should be uploaded. Should be uploaded soon. We, he and I, have been working our way through One Punch Man. I still need to upload more of that. But uh, you know, we've got. You know, we're also watching uh, 
more episodes of My Hero Academia for season five. So. Yeah, I got to work on what I want to do for solo cast again because I know I don't want to just do Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of stuff out there, and maybe we'll get more solo cast stuff stuff going. I don't know how much solo cast stuff I'm going to do because I need somebody else to bounce off of, or my stuff ends up being just like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> I need to have somebody to sort of talk with. <laughs> I mean, I kind of wanted my star, the Star Trek stuff that I was doing to be short. I don't know why I didn't do Lower Decks when it came out. You could still, you know, do like a rap cast, solo cast thing. For yeah, but it ended cast. like last year. Yeah, that's true. Um, but hey, uh, you know, we'll try to get Zeke in on some stuff. We need to, we've been talking about it, and we keep not doing it. We need to do RoboCop Prime Directive. With that him. we do. We, with him. He has been hammering us about that for the last year. I've been waiting for us to do it. I've said I wanted to do it. I'm just, it's just waiting for him. Well, we can talk about this off off mic uh, uh, for later, but that, look for that at some point in the future. We we need to do it. Uh, get Zeke interested in doing binge, binge cast stuff again. Well, we also got still got to do the sack casting, but I'm waiting on him for that. Shit. Hey, well, that's and that's another that's another thing. But it, uh, that will go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Mando Cast. So for Chris, I am Jay, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to a Bored to Death Mando Cast. Be sure to check out all the Star Wars content on Disney Plus, and give us a like and subscribe. This is the way. 